Hey everybody, welcome to this week's Roundup. So a bunch of you had asked for retro RGB branded hats. I don't really know anything about hats. So I ended up working with Artistic Pixels to come up with a couple of fun designs. And the first one I want to release is another one with Art and I, because if you followed what happened last weekend, you start to realize that maybe the conspiracy is real. So uh, I just don't know which one you all would rather have because the middle finger one obviously cracks me up a lot, but how many people want to wear a picture of a bearded fat man flipping the bird on their hat? I would, but you know me, I'm weird. So I have two designs available. You can choose whichever one you want, but vote for your favorite, and then they'll probably go on sale by this time next week. But we want to make sure we give you which ones you want. And uh, some people had also been asking about just a plain old retro RGB hat. Those are coming too, but I wanted to do something fun and a little ridiculous to start us out. So please check the link in the description, vote for which design you prefer, and we'll just kind of go from there. First up, a vinyl version of the Soikoden soundtrack is now available for pre-order. The price is about $40, and it's available worldwide from a bunch of different sellers. And the release comes on a 2LP limited edition black and blue splatter, or just a standard blue edition as well. So if you would like the soundtrack to that game, definitely check this out. Crystal's got all the details in the post. And Beast, Carsey, I know, I screwed up the pronunciation. I always do. I'm trying my best, but as always... Feel free to tease me after this airs and you hear how badly I said that name. Robert Dale Smith has just opened a second round of pre-orders on USB to PC Engine controller adapters. The price is $60 plus shipping, and they would be due to arrive to customers in May. These are also compatible with TurboGrafx-16 consoles. You would just need to have a short controller adapter. And you could get them from a bunch of different places, including just controlleradapter.com. Robert sells them as well. But I'm mentioning that just to say that if you already have one of those PC Engine to TurboGrafx adapters, then it should also work with this. I can't think of a reason why it wouldn't, but if you want to be absolutely sure, obviously just buy the one that Robert sells because he clearly has tested them with these kits. They are compatible with a ton of different things. I copied and pasted everything right into this post if you're interested, but basically any USB controller and most of the wireless controllers that people have tried on this seem to work. Um, if you want to hear more from Robert, also definitely check out the interview that we did, which is linked below, and also just search any podcast app for Retro RGB Robert, and you should see that one pop up. But links are all in the description if you need anything, and this is definitely a good one to buy if you're looking to use other controllers on your PC engine. This week's roundup is once again brought to you by JLC PCB, and this week I am very excited to tell you we have completed the SCART Cleaner project. Over the past couple of months, I have shown how to order just the PCBs, the PCB plus assembly, how to have multiple revisions of a product just by switching the bill of materials. And I think we are finally at the final one. I will have, of course, a detailed video out on this at some point explaining why you probably don't need this. I mean that with love. This is really designed for people who want to use Datapath Vision capture cards, maybe people with Extron equipment, but mostly for direct video capturing, which most of us don't need. You can just use a RetroTink 5X. But the people that do need one of these things, I hope are going to get very excited. And one of the things that I definitely want to show right now is the final version and why it's so easy to have multiple versions just with different bill of materials. All right, so here we have the final version, and you can see there is a resistor here where it was normally the do not populate spot. However, there are no components for the comparator circuit. 
And this is the final example of what it's like to have two designs by just simply switching the bill of materials. So this is a zero ohm resistor that simply connects the pads and has the sink either running through the LM1881 sink stripper or just going direct and bypassing it. But there is no comparator circuit here at all. But it's totally safe to have these pads here because this takes care of that. So this is two designs on the same PCB. If you were to ever decide that you wanted this, you could certainly add it and then remove the component. Or if you wanted to build it from scratch that way, that's totally cool as well. Just have the different bill of materials used. But I think this is a perfect example of everything else that I wanted to show. Uh, it also does a great job showing off JLC PCB's build quality because these came out absolutely great. The only weirdness you might see is the fact that I'm manually holding the camera and light. So it's probably a little shaky, and, um, a lot of reflections, but if you could see the build quality, it does look awesome. Everything came out great. And I will have a video kind of talking more about this soon and about the final version with the case and all, because while this product certainly isn't for everybody, if you're doing direct capture, if you're one of the, the few crazy people like me that need to do it, then this thing is going to be a massive help uh, and I'm just glad to finally get this out there to people. So thanks to JLC PCB for uh, helping me make these. And hopefully I was able to help you implement some of what I learned into your future projects as well. Pre-orders are once again open for the Dreamcast component video cables and should still be open by the time that you hear this. I wanted to open with that because the last time I talked about them, it was a much smaller pre-order window just so that they could get a smaller batch out, make sure there's no remaining bugs or anything, which there wasn't. However, I did a full review of these as well. I bought a production version, so I got the same one that people got on their pre-order and I was able to do a full review and they perform exactly as you would hope. There is only one thing that I need to mention that I, I don't think is a mistake, but I definitely need everybody to hear it. On the website, Rob put some wording that basically says this isn't going to magically turn your consumer grade CRT into 480p compatible. You flip it to the 15 kilohertz switch, it'll work definitely. You flip it to 480p, it will only work on devices that accept 480p over component video. I think the wording kind of confused people because I got a lot of comments saying, I have an HD CRT, why won't these work on them? They will, 100%. And I probably should have shown that in the video too. I didn't even think to because I just showed it on the 15 kilohertz only one. But I did try it on my Panasonic Tau. It works fine because there's no reason why it wouldn't. So that's the one error that I made in the video. I think uh, having a note like that on the website is probably a good thing for Rob because you don't want to hear a whole bunch of emails saying, hey, you know, I have an old, you know, 1999 consumer TV and 480p won't work. So, yeah, I don't I, I think it was the right thing putting a warning up, but the wording did kind of confuse a bunch of people. But it is compatible with HD CRTs and basically anything that accepts component video 480p over component video. Another thing to mention is that while yes, these will definitely work on your flat panels, as I've shown before many, many times, plugging analog video directly into a flat panel TV most likely ends up with more lag. So, you know, it's one of those things where it outputs 480p, not, not 480i, so you're not going to worry about the interlacing lag. 
if you're just a casual gamer and this is the only retro console you have, just do it and see if the lag bothers you. But if you have a scaler, run it through that. You probably would anyway. And if for whatever reason the lag is really bad, you could just get a cheap DAC and put the component video to HDMI converter in. They're still like 20 bucks. They should all work with 480p. And then you would just get that reduced latency. This is something I, I don't know, understand why that this happens because there should be no lag digitizing an analog signal, but it's definitely there on a lot of flat panels. So um, other than that, I mean, everything else is in the video right here. I, I showed alternative options. I showed this thing working on everything. I guess this, uh, you know, weekly roundup follow-up is just to cover for my mistakes and keep people updated. But yeah, the, the cable worked absolutely perfect. If you have a Dreamcast and you want to hook it up to a component video tar target, then this is definitely the cable to get. I guess the only other thing to mention is Rob labeled it 480p 576i. Should have been 15 kilohertz, 31 kilohertz, but just because it says 576i, that means nothing. It's the region. Whatever region you have is how it'll work. So it's 15, 31 kilohertz. So if you have a PAL Dreamcast, yep, it's 576i. But if you have an NTSC, it's correct 480i, 240p. You don't have to worry about that. It's just the label and it serves its purpose, interlaced or progressive, 15 kilohertz or 31 kilohertz. But anyway, check out the video for absolutely all of the details. Uh, check out the link here. I went on a rant last week about how I like to simplify things. And I don't think I did a good job with this one. RetroRGB.link forward slash RGC DC YPBPR. Yeah, I failed on that one, huh? I probably should have just had a longer one like Dreamcast component video because it's easier to remember. But whatever, the link's right there. Pre-order if you want it. You should be able to get it by May. And the video has all of the other details that you would want, including links to that very, very badass case that I showed in the video as well. Reese just posted a really cool video that shows Atari's war on the PC industry and also kind of shows the insides in a walkthrough of the very rare Atari PC3 from 1988. And it was really cool because the first part was like a mini documentary. And I think it's very easy to forget how much PCs cost back then. So when Atari announced a $500 PC, most budget options, like my parents got a Tandy 1000, and I think after the the 256K of expansion memory, so I think it came with 128, they got another 128, and now I think that was like 1400 bucks, which, you know, converted to money today, that's like over well over 3000 That's well over double the price. So and that was the budget computer, not the official IBM one. So when Atari came out with a computer that was much lower powered, but 500 bucks, that was kind of a big deal. Uh, you know, if it ran the things that you needed it to run, of course, I guess it would be today's Chromebook. Reese, correct me if I'm wrong about that one. I don't know. But the first half of the video was awesome. I wanted to just make that drive that point home about the price. And the second part of the video looked around that rare PC that I didn't even I've never even seen one before. So uh, it was cool. It, it's If you're into old PCs or computer history or any of that stuff, just give this one a chance because I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, I like I like both parts. Fixel, the developer behind the 3DO optical drive emulator, has just opened an interest checklist about a PCFX ODE. And there's a lot to talk about here, but the basics, this is an interest check. So put your name in, fill out the form, and there's no obligation, there's no money. This is also not a pre-order. This is just, are enough people interested 
to actually spend the money to make these things, or are most people just interested in one or the other, vice versa? So I'll go through the details now, but you might wanna just jump on this immediately if you own or want to own a PCFX. But there's a few things. First of all, there are two versions of the ODE, the optical drive emulator, that might be released if enough people are interested, the internal and the external. Now the internal's a no-brainer. If your CD-ROM drive in your PCFX died, you probably just want the internal version and you're cool. It's probably gonna be a little bit cheaper. But the external version are the ones that always get me really excited because if you have a working unit, you might not wanna remove that drive. You might want just this nice original piece of equipment that you could throw a CD in if you ever want that original experience for whatever reason that might be, whether it's nostalgia or experiencing it again, or maybe you're just a nerd and want that option. I would definitely classify myself in that category. But now you have this external thing that you could plug in to get all of the advantages of an ODE, faster loading, having all of your software in one spot. So I, I love the external ones. Now it's obviously not as clean because it's not all contained in the same box, but that's why these interest checklists are so important. What do most PCFX owners want? Which one of those? Also, the interest checklist says, do you want a new memory card for it? Because the original, I think they're PC-BMPs, sell for well over a hundred bucks, and that's how you would save your games on these. Now, I know others are available. I know, I believe Dave Shadoff had an open source version, but those are for you to make. And there's no disrespect there. I love open source products projects. I absolutely am super grateful for everybody that does those. But the bottom line is most people don't have the ability or time to just make one of those from scratch. I'm trying to help people out with that with these uh, JLC PCB videos and, the, and these weekly segments. But still, this is something that you would be able to just buy. So as long, uh, no prices have been discussed yet, but it's my opinion that as long as the price is less than the expensive original ones, then this is kind of a no brainer. So, you know, just, you know, say yes to it. Hopefully the price will be low enough to make it feasible. And there you go. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's basically the overview on this. Um, you know, this is kind of an interesting piece of hardware because it only has about 60 games available and it was Japan only, but it is kind of a, a neat and rare piece of history. So I would assume that anybody that already owns one of these things would probably be interested in it, but that's what this list is for. So please check all the links, fill this thing out and let Fixel know if you want to buy one. Developer Grim Doomer has just released an update to Open PS2 Loader that is absolutely awesome. And anybody that uses OPL needs to check this thing out. Tito from Macho Nacho Productions did, as usual, a very awesome video walking you through step-by-step step what you need. But I want to just talk a little bit about what I feel is the most important part of this update. And that is the ability to just format your hard drive EXFAT and that's it. So if you have never used OPL before, that might not seem like such a big deal. So let me just walk you through it real quick. Up until this, in order for you to load games on a hard drive or flash memory with converters or whatever, uh, if you used any kind of converters for this, but it doesn't really matter what your storage medium is, if you're gonna put it inside your PS2 and load games from it, up until now, you had to use special software that formats the hard drive a very specific way and then transfers the game over using that software. And while that's fine, there's a whole bunch of longevity issues with this. Is that software still gonna work 10 years from now? Are you gonna to have to keep a Windows 7, Windows 10, whatever machine laying around to do this? 
you know, what happens if it's the middle of the night and you can't remember where the software is and you can't download it and you just want to play a game with your friends or something. And like, you know, there's just so many things involved whenever you have to rely on specific software. And while that wasn't so much of a complaint before, because I was just very happy that you're able to do it, now that just doesn't exist. Just find a way to plug your hard drive into your PC. Open up the side of your PC and plug it directly in. Use a USB adapter, and Tito has tips on that, by the way, as well. So definitely pay attention to the video, because he ran into an issue that I think many other people might as well. But I think that is just massive, and I'm so happy that Grim Doomer was able to add this, because now it's just format your hard drive EXFAT, copy your stuff over and you're done. And that's awesome. Now, also as a, a side effect of this, you're now able to use whatever size hard drive could support EX fat. Tito showed 16 terabyte in that video, but you could probably use up to a 22 terabyte, which is the largest drive available now. I actually just got one to save all my retro RGB backups on. And so it should be basically only capped at the limit of EX fat. So now you really have the ability to use a giant hard drive and easily copy all of your games over. So, uh, you know, I'll stop ranting about it. I was just super, super super excited about it. Please check out Tito's video for all of the details. And if you think I missed a couple of things and I skimmed over it, it's because Tito already showed us what to do. So check out his video. And thanks to Tito and Grim Doomer, because this is exciting for PS2 backup users. Lewis from Zez Retro just did a podcast with developer Conrad Beckman, who made the Pico Kart 64 and is now working on potentially getting HDMI out of a N64 via a Raspberry Pi Pico. And it was a really interesting chat. Uh, you know, I definitely loved the part when Conrad was talking about how he kind of learns by doing, because that's definitely me. Uh, you know, I always say I don't really know what the heck's wrong with me, but I, I certainly can't read a book understand something and then go do it. I have to do it and then read the book after I started doing it and then it all clicks into place. So it's always very comforting to me to know that there's other people out there who are smarter than me, but learn the same way that I do. So it makes me feel a little less dumb sometimes, <laughs> but um, it was just a, a great chat, got a little bit technical. So I think that's a good thing. My fellow nerds would probably be interested as well, but yeah, two cool people with uh, some, some very good nerd chat about the N64 development and everything else. And it's uh, Lewis uses the same service as I do. So basically just search for, Conrad says retro and you should be able to uh, to find it on every podcast service out there at all. So thanks for doing that, Lewis. And, uh, you know, looking forward to see what Conrad has coming out next. Now it's time for this week's Mr. Updates care of Lou from Lou's retro source. As always, I'm just going to skim through these to keep everybody in the loop. But if you hear anything that piques your interest, please check out Lou's video or post or both because uh, Lou's got all the details in here. First off, Hans, the developer who's working on the Mistex project, is showed off a video of a core booting on different hardware. I've been talking about this a little bit each week. I'm not going to repeat myself again, but I just think it's awesome. I'd love to have a chat with Hans at some point, because while I do think the central idea of everybody working on Mr. Together is still, at least now, seems like a really good thing, the fact is that we're going to need more hardware options at some point. At some point, the DE10 is not going to be made, so it's great that people are working on alternatives. Um, next, Darren O revealed two new arcade titles, uh, Paddle Mania and The Next Space. Paddle Mania is kind of like Pong, and The Next Space is a vertically scrolling shooter, which I'm always interested in trying new ones of those. So just run update all to get it if you would like. 
Uh, Track 17 has a public Patreon post that talks about the work being done on Jalico, Jalico, I still don't know how to say it, uh, Mega System 1, which is NARC, Raiden 2, and more. Um, Pierco released three new arcade cores earlier this week, and they've been officially uh, released, so you can just run your favorite updater. Uh, there's a bunch of different games out there as well, so um, check out the post if you want the full list. Uh, also, the recently released M92 core, the beta from Wickerwaka, received a small update, so Ninja Baseball Batman is now working. The core is still an alpha, so you know, don't expect a perfect core here, but very cool that Wickerwaka was sharing all that with us. Uh, Robert, uh, Robert Pipe, the developer behind a ton of awesome Mr. Cores, is still teasing a new secret core, and it's booting games in the software emulator, and one game supposedly is working, but with glitches. We still don't know what the secret core is, so I'm excited to see. Uh, Hotego has a public Patreon post that goes over the progress of the Kadami CPU, outruns frame buffer, and also the CPS3's chip tracing. So this is awesome if you want technical info on all of this stuff, definitely check that one out. And I kind of like how a lot of creators are doing some public posts as well. So that way you could kind of really see all the work that goes into all of this stuff. And I, I do think that might be kind of more incentive for people to support. You know, it's not like Otego is sitting there copying and pasting a bunch of stuff from one thing to another. There's a lot of real development going on here. So I think it's cool that a lot more stuff is being made public. So people that might not understand that could really see for themselves like, wow, these developers are working their butts off. Next, Track 17 made a post hinting that work on Mortal Kombat has begun, as well as other Y-Unit games like High Impact Football, Smash TV, and Total Carnage. But that's all the post was, so no disrespect whatsoever. I just want to always temper people's expectations. There wasn't anything showing a demo working. There was nothing other than we're going to start working on it, which could mean anything. So just I always like to temper people's expectations, especially mine when it comes to MK. Love that game. Uh, also, Pierco implemented DMA on the Express Raider core, which eliminates sprite flickering in the game, which is pretty cool. Uh, and there's also a Mr. FPGA Discord game challenge, which is a monthly challenge that lets you compete with other Discord members to see who gets the highest score in the chosen game. This month's game is Capcom's pirate ship Hijimaro. Uh, it's a single credit score challenge at default settings, and it goes until April 14th. That seems kind of neat. Are people participating in that? Is that something that, um, you know, is that something that people are doing? Is this kind of just like a small group of people? I'm not really sure. It sounds neat. So I'm definitely glad it was mentioned. So that's it. Thank you so much to Lou for keeping up with all of the stuff. I certainly couldn't. And it's really awesome to have all these updates in one place. So please don't forget, subscribe to Lou. And, uh, you know, thank you to all of the Mr. Devs and everybody involved in that scene. Crix has just released a new firmware update for the Turbo EverDrive Pro that fixes an issue with arcade card emulation as well as palette initialization. Not really sure what that second fix is, but the first one seems important because I imagine there's a few people that would want to purchase this just for arcade card emulation because the originals, depending on which one you want, the duos are around 80 bucks, but 
some of the original pros are up to 200 150 so i imagine that the 220 dollars price of this you know, if you're buying you're buying that you're probably buying that for all the features so props to cricks for for jumping in and immediately fixing some of the arcade card bugs it's uh you know it's awesome to see the updates come through unfortunately they're not in stock at the moment but i imagine cricks is working on getting stock back as soon as possible there will be two editions available black and white if uh, if you'd like either one of those um, and I have a list here of all the updates since release, but basically if you already own one of these things, just do the update because you want more reliable arcade card support. Uh, and I'm sure we'll let everybody know when they're back in stock again. Um, if you want more details about this, check out previous posts or anything, but basically the pro edition of the Turbo EverDrive adds arcade card support, as well as the ability to run an optical drive emulator for discs, but the CD games, at least in this form of it, only output mono audio via the CD stuff. Quix is working on other accessories to go with it to try to get you stereo in different ways, but right now, if you basically just plug this into your console and use it, you're going to get mono audio out of the CDs. So I still think there's a bunch of cool use cases for it, like the portable editions and everything. But um, overall, I, I think we'll see when Crix has the updates and some more hardware for it. Well, I'll probably try to take a closer look just to show off everything it could do. But basically, if you own one of these things, just update the firmware because it's free and fixes some bugs. Well, that's it for this time. As always, thanks to everybody who watches, listens, plays nicely in the comments, and especially thank you to anybody who supports in any way possible, because it is you who is keeping absolutely all of this and all of the craziness that I'm involved in happening. So thank you all so much for supporting the retro scene, and I'll see you all next week.